Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the Barbican's podcast, Nothing Concrete. I'm Josie Long and I'm your host for this second series of Sound Unbound, where we talk to creative people about the music they love. In today's episode, we're taking in elements of classical jazz and disco with Zara McFarlane. Zara is a jazz singer, songwriter and vocal coach who's at the heart of the British jazz scene. The piece of music she's chosen must surely contain four of the most memorable notes in classical music. This really is a piece of music about the ups and downs of life. And what I love about this is like instantly you hear that intro, those first few notes, and you're you're hooked because it's so suspenseful. It's so dramatic. And then it takes you on an emotional journey from the depths of anger and despair to light, floaty, and then right back round again. <laughs> It's probably one of the most memorable symphonies that I know. I didn't grow up listening to classical music. I wasn't hearing that in my house. My parents weren't listening to it. I cannot tell you where I first heard it. (laughs) I just know it. I think there's so much that you can do with openings when when composing and songwriting. Do it like to explore a bit of both. That either draws you in or can kind of jolt you in. (laughs) And I think this one is a jolt you in kind of situation, which just takes your attention immediately. And now that we've got your attention, composer Ben Jernan, our resident music expert, will give us some insight. For many people, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony is classical music. The world's most famous four notes. Is it fate knocking at the door? Is it an electric shock? Or is it, for me, the world's loudest silent downbeat? 
It's a catastrophically energetic piece. It's embedded in our wider culture and psyche. It represents everything about classical music. You've got an orchestra that's giving their all. You've got a conductor with his hair waving everywhere and the stick coming crashing down before everybody responds. It's a perfect example of a tortured genius composer. It's also quite a catchy melody. What's really striking is the extraordinary way that he passes the first four notes around the orchestra in a manic and frenzied way. He doesn't let any single musician in the orchestra rest on their laurels. There is a real urgency and passion that you need to play this piece really successfully. And I really enjoy exploiting that as a conductor. You have to get the orchestra in top gear. You cannot let anyone sit and enjoy it. You really have to push them right to the finish line. And that, for me, makes a really exciting performance of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. The way that I write is often softer with regards to dynamics. I've got a lot of songs that are ballads, so the way that I explore trying to draw your attention is in the opposite way to this piece, actually. But what I do love about this classical piece that has got such a catchy element to it in that intro, you know, so much so that people have sampled this piece a lot. I feel that there's a lot of anger, this kind of urgency and intensity and almost warlike feeling in those minor sections. And then when it goes into the lighter sections, it's almost like a victory, like you've come out of something very dark and intense and deep, kind of like after depression, you can be begin to feel better again, you can begin to feel happy again. And life always has its ups and downs. This piece is kind of exploring that back and forth. You may have seen the famous cartoon of Beethoven with his hands in the air, his hair everywhere, and the musicians around him playing extremely loudly. Now, Beethoven was a perfectionist. He was quite messy, though, in his own personal life. His chamber pot would remain unemptied and crumbs and stains would be found inside his manuscripts. He may have suffered from bipolar, and we certainly know that he suffered from deafness. That can't have been an easy thing to deal with. One thing that did work really nicely for him, though, is that he did have perfect pitch. So sometimes when we say Beethoven couldn't hear exactly what he was writing, I don't think that's strictly true. But as a conductor, when I'm conducting Beethoven, I'm always searching for the dark colour and the dark sound. I'm always looking across at the double basses and the cellos and the timpani and the brass to try and find that tempestuous nature that Beethoven famously had. I love the use of call and response that it has, and it kind of intensifies and intensifies and grows and grows and grows, and then it develops into this softer, lighter section, but it keeps coming back to this main theme. It kind of feels to me almost like a tug of war. You can do that with an audience as well. You know, sometimes when I'm performing, I'll sing something, I might scat something, and then I get the audience to scat back. There's a simplicity to the melodies, and much of it is singable. If you listen to the entire symphony, when it goes even to the lighter spaces, these melodies are simple melodies, but 
the depth that he has created within his arrangement brings something that is much more intense as an experience to these seemingly simple melodies. My music explores jazz and reggae. I love to play around with rhythms from the Caribbean. Some of them directly come from the actual style of reggae. When I say reggae, I'm referring to Caribbean music as a whole, really, more than just that particular genre. I really struggled to start to write a piece or even an album without having a really clear idea of a theme to start with. And from there, I get an inkling of what I'm trying to say emotionally. And then it grows and grows and grows from there. And sometimes that main theme that I started with doesn't even end up end up in that song. But I need to have that one thing that I can kind of lean on to start kind of to grow roots and to sprout flowers from it. The way that I like to write is, is in the hope that if someone can connect with it emotionally, they're actually going to experience something on a very deep level. And that may not be what the emotion that I'm trying to express personally through my writing. But I think having that intention allows people to connect with the music in a deeper level. When I'm conducting Beethoven, one of the most important things for me to get my head around as a conductor is the architecture. I'm really interested in how Beethoven is a perfectionist, actually. He spends a lot of time making sure that the structure and the architecture is perfectly in place. But what's really great about Beethoven is he has this wild and passionate romantic side to his character. And when you get these moments in his music, they feel quite ethereal. He's taken us from darkness to light. And I think his contrasts are just so electric. And it's something I really enjoy about his music. I haven't had the opportunity to hear this particular piece performed live, but I can imagine just settling myself down and waiting for that epic opening and just feeling the power of the orchestra. You might have had a sense of the power of the orchestra with this live recording of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, performed by the Barbican's resident orchestra, the London Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Bernard Heitink, courtesy of LSO Live Limited. Thanks to Zara McFarlane, Ben Jernan, and you for listening to this episode of Sound Unbound with me, Josie Long. To listen to the rest of the series, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Sound Unbound is produced by Alexandra Quinn for Loftus Media. The executive producer is Freya Hellier. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.